dies for the The Dogs pulled out another upset, downing the reigning premiers in a change into the guard, and the Swans blew Adelaide out of the water to narrow the field down to four. The Dogs are fighting history, and the Swans are fighting injury, but we're not game enough to rule anyone out just yet on episode eight of the eight. Well done, Heaney. Just worked him off the footy to Parker. McGlynn, big chance for Parker again. He's a star, Luke Parker, and they get the quick reply. Well done, Sydney. Decides to send it, but he looks good. He's in the box seat. He's too big. He's too good. He's too strong. Coming through was Hewitt. Lions picked it up. Rowan's down. Short one from Rory Laird to Matt Crouch. And Gary Rahm looks really sore behind play. Mitchell wants his left boot. Got it to Hanbury. Hanbury, that's your game there. The Sydney Swans will go through to a prelim against the Cats next Friday night. It's the big one. It's episode eight of the eight. Yeah. It's finally here. We've got a, a brand new special guest straight from from the Twitter machine. Mm-hmm. It's Christian Bataco. How are you, Christian? Not too bad, thanks, Toby. Hot weekend of footy. Did you like it? It wasn't too bad from what it I could say. It wasn't too bad. Yeah. It was a ripper. Hard one to please. Morgan, I'm uh, glad you're not sick this week. Thanks. I and appreciate that. Hopefully you can uh, throw out a few hot takes today. Hot takes. <laughs> Clickbait. <laughs> We heard a, a bit of the, a highlight package from the Sydney-Adelaide game. Sydney blew the Crows out of the water early in that first term, but they, they had a couple of injury problems. How did we see the game? Uh, yeah, it was interesting. Uh, it, was, it was boring because yeah. Adelaide just did not rock up. They, they they were playing like it was home and away season. I don't understand why. It was a bit like that West Coast game, really, yeah. in round 23. yeah. It just sh- it shocked me because I thought Adelaide would do stacks better than that. I, I thought they were a chance to maybe pull out an upset. And the Swans just ran over them in that first term. I think it was just about game over after that. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I thought uh, the first quarter really killed Adelaide. Um, their midfield got on top really early and that led to their forwards getting a lot of opportunities. And yeah, that Adelaide never recovered, recovered after that. Yeah. We, we've we've talked a bit about you know, Adelaide's midfield maybe not quite having that, that depth mm. that it, it had, and that was our concern. And yeah. Their forward line, as a result, didn't get those opportunities that they normally get. All their shots were, you know, 35, 40 metres out plus. When you're not giving Jenkins, Lynch and Walker that delivery back towards the goal square, they're always going to struggle to kick goals, and they got found out pretty badly. Yeah, they, they just became redundant, really. It was, it was disappointing, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it did give Eddie Betts to show us why he's the best small forward in the league. But oh, um, look out! You'll get jumped on Twitter oh, for that. I will. Oh, I did last time as well. But um, yeah, it just like Tex was really ineffective. Yeah, really ineffective. Uh, none, none of those forwards really impacted the game at all, which was pretty disappointing. Mm. Um, but the Swans, they were good, but they've got oh. some worries, haven't they? Yeah, they got some injury worries. Tippett and Mills, of course, last week were injured. Mm. Tippett, Tippett trained, but hairline fracture in the jaw. Yeah, yeah it's risky. a tough one. Yeah. Mills won't be back this week. He's hopefully if they make it any further, he can be. Mm. But the two that went down, Gary Rowan mm. with that knee, that looked nasty, concerning. Yeah, 
not good. It was an impact injury, but oh, he got stretched off. Yeah. And of course, Jared McVeigh went down with some form of calf injury. They tried to get him back on. The old man's? In that, that third term, but he looked very, very sore. Six-day break. Yeah. Do you give him a chance against Geelong if they none of those guys can get up? Well, I think it... Oh, we don't know because there was the bye before the first round of the finals. Um, Geelong might not have that match, match fitness going into mm. the last quarter and yep. that if it's close, the Swans might be able to run over them in the last quarter. The Cats have only, only played about, what, one game of football in the last month, basically. One, three, yeah. That's a big ask. Huge ask. I, my only thing I think is with Geelong, it's the MCG. Yeah. That's a huge, huge thing for them. Though we have seen Sydney... Buddy Franklin go absolutely mental at the G. Buddy's spent a bit of time kicking goals at the G, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. He has more than the SCG probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it'll be, it'll be tight, but I'm going to probably go Geelong. Yeah, look, mm. Geelong go in favourites and deservedly so. Yeah. I think well, a lot rests on Josh Kennedy. He was exceptional on the mm, weekend. Picked yeah. up 42 touches. Yeah. He's had a fantastic last month or so. Yeah. And he's part of it. Well, probably the best midfielder in the competition, I'd say. Yeah. I love their midfield. Yeah, 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 100%. And we've seen a bit of inconsistency with Geelong over the over the season so far. That's where the game's probably won and lost for mine. Yeah. We've seen Geelong's forward line can be a bit iffy. Swan's defence can be a little bit iffy at times as well. But they're two very good midfields going up against each other in a high-intensity game. That's where the Swans did it last week against the Crows, and that's where they got beaten against the Giants. Mm. I think this is a pretty interesting matchup just because of that. Yeah. It's just two midfields going hard at each other. I think that determines the game. It'll yeah, it'll hundred percent be better than midfields. And it's probably about Dangerfield really. Yeah. yeah. Him when, and Selwood. When you talk Geelong, you talk Danger and Selwood, they're yeah. the midfield grade by themselves almost at times. Yeah. They've got good support but they don't they don't have the quality of depth that the Swans have. Yeah. I, I think an underrated part of Geelong's midfield is Cam Guthrie. Yeah. He yep, just moved agreed. into the midfield in that first in the first qualifying final. He was exceptional he in the was second excellent. half. Yeah. He, and there's a few of those guys at the Cats that they fly under the radar because of that and because they've got danger in Selwood. Menengol has been really good in the second half of the season. Hmm. He's been an exceptional sort of find for the Cats. And I think they're they're really gonna have to rely on those bit players as well. We, we know what danger in Selwood can bring. But there's a lot resting on the shoulders of guys who Probably don't get a lot of attention. Yeah. And they were, they were quite good. They carried a lot against the Hawks, uh, even though Dangerfield was one of the best. My concern with Geelong is there's a bit of age, especially in the, the back half of their field. Swans are probably a, a bit more youthful. And well, coming, off, youthful, coming yeah. off the bye, is, is there a bit, of a, a bit of concern for Geelong there? Uh, I think that point's moot think it's moot yeah I don't think they're not that old some of them are but I don't think that's an indicator of where they're going because you could turn that around and say experience yeah so Geelong's experience in finals Sydney's inexperience in finals like who's been oh no that's probably there's a few hundred actually in Sydney <laughs> that have finals experience. there's definitely experience in Sydney they haven't been mm, out of it for that that no. long You've got the likes of Buddy, and if McVeigh can pull up, and then their midfield's all been there and played finals, yeah. basically. There is finals experience, for sure, in that Swans team, but there's a hell of a lot in that Cats team as well. Yeah, when you just look at Mackie and Enright and Bartel, Salwood, Dangerfield, those guys, they've all played a lot of good finals football mm. as well. 
And then they've got some, I suppose, a little bit of wild card in Daniel Menzel as well. I he love Menzel, yeah. He's quiet against the Hawks, but I think he's a a real key part of Geelong's premiership hopes. Yeah. He was he was quiet, but he what he did was good. Yeah. Like when he stepped up, he was he was brilliant. He just needs to make that the whole game not necessarily. A bit more of a consistent yeah. football maybe. Yeah. yeah. Where he's come from, though, you can't really complain too no, much, no, can you? Not at all. Even if he's only playing half a game, you'd rather that than where he was. Yeah, yeah. Just speak a bit more about the Swans' inexperience. We, we know how good their, their top-line talent is. But you look at you know, maybe the bottom four or five players on their side, and that's my concern for how they, they hold up in a prelim final. Someone like you know uh, a Harrison Marsh, for instance... Uh, something that, that stuck with me from the weekend's game was him trying to run out of defence, trying to fend off a player and getting caught holding <laughs> the ball. Yeah. That sort of just that stuck with me. It was a, a, a shocking look. Someone like Jeremy Laidler, who he's a battler, but he's not really a, a brilliant player. Uh, and then even someone like Alira Lee, who I really like as a defensive player, but some of the decisions he makes by foot especially are mm, yeah, still a bit iffy. Yeah. The Cats have that experience to really capitalise. Is that a problem for the Swans? It could be. I think, though, they have enough They have enough of the experience. Enough cool heads to support yeah. them. So, like, especially in midfield, like, you got Hannah Bree Parker, you know, the, Kieran Jack even. Yeah, Hannah Bree Parker, Jack. It's a pretty pretty <sighs> yeah. impressive midfield, isn't Every it? Every name that I say is just like, yes. And then against Adelaide, of course, they had, they had Heaney who ran through and just picked oh, up yeah. 32 touches. Heaney Tom Mitchell insane. had 30. The way Heaney used his body as well in that forward line. Uh, something that stuck with me, I think we played it in the highlights package before we started talking, was he, just, he laid a bump, dished it off, and they kicked a goal. And yeah. it was like, he's still a kid. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. He's yeah. a kid. He's, he's playing like, I don't know, Chris Chard, you know? Yeah. Like, he's insanely good. And another young kid who stood up for them was Tom Papley, who had a really, yeah. really good game. Like, he kicked four goals. He's done it a couple of times this season as well. There's a bit of that, that youth providing a little bit of invigoration yeah. to, to the older guys, I think. And it's an interesting challenge. We talked about their injuries, whether they can really step up again and, and give it to the Cats. I think the Cats will provide more of a challenge than the Crows will. Yes. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Looking at the G as well, a little bit of an unfamiliar ground for probably some of those, those mm. kids. When you look at, you know, maybe those kids will have to stand up against the more experienced Geelong side. That, that's one of the real interesting battles again in this game. And that, that's something you don't know how it'll pan out. And that excites me. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, the coach, Sydney's coach, will have a massive impact on the kids as well because he seems to be really cool, calm and collected in the, in the tough moments. So I think that's a reason why Sydney's kids have stood up so well this year. And uh, I don't know if it's so much a criticism. But there's always been a little bit, you know, in terms of the Scott brothers and how they're, they're coaching sides. And you look at John Longmire... <laughs> Compared to them, he he's one of my favourite coaches in the league. He's done brilliant things up there, and he's he's probably pretty underrated because he's in Sydney as well. Mm. And that, that's a really interesting point that you sort of bring up. It's not something we we often consider is coaching styles. No, we don't at all. And it's not not always easy to talk about. Yeah, well, because especially because we don't know what's happening really. Because we're useless. <laughs> We've got no idea. <laughs> we're just talking rubbish. We'll be wrong anyway. Yeah. <laughs> But I like John Lyon-Meyer as a coach a lot. I think he's done brilliant things. And the way he's integrated that youth into the side, in comparison to Long, which they've probably struggled at times bringing those young kids through. 
I think I, I do wonder, you know, what impact that has. And I'd back Longmire to drag his troops into battle a bit more than I would the opposite yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. So I think, yeah, like, I still think it's Geelong's game to lose, though. Oh, yeah, I agree. Uh, no, and having said that, though, classic Geelong really depends on what team shows up. There's no, you don't know, do you? You, you have no idea. But then again, they've been the best side against the other top eight teams in the competition. Mm. And you look at their losses, it's been to like Carlton, Collingwood, and then there's a couple other teams that have been down mm. down towards the bottom of the ladder as well. It's an excellent point you raise. Like, I think, what, what was their record, record about? Six and two against top yeah, eight sides or something? It was really quite good. Yeah. yeah. They've done it... Um, They've done it at Skilled, they've done it at the G, they've done it in a state. That that holds them in really good stead. The yeah. Swans probably haven't been quite as impressive outside of New South Wales. So that's a, that's a real test for them. And that really, really lends Geelong advantage. Even though, you know, they spend more time playing in Geelong, the G isn't a foreign foreign field for them. Packed house, go the Catters, I think. Yeah, I'm with you there. On Suckling, who corrals him. It was poor play. Duray in trouble now. They're rattled. To McRae. Oh, well, Stringer. Yes! Uh-huh. He's done it. He's kicked three. Mitchell running the gauntlet. Massive problems here for the Hawks. Mitchell can't get it out. Liverkin, you know who. Of course it's him. It's him. Pickens been deadly around goal. Bouncing it home. He's kicked three. Oh, what a night. What a little moment for him here. The little fella. It's been 55 years to the day they've won consecutive finals. Ding dong, the witch is dead. The witch is dead. And uh, we, we all had very big smiles in that in that package. <laughs> a little bit of laughter around the room. What a result. What a game. Finally, the Hawks. Fight up again. The Hawks era could no better be over. to do it than the dogs as well. Absolutely, the young plucky upstarts. Yes, such a such a good story, and now Bulldogs have to win the whole thing, and I'll be a very happy, girl. That's how I feel as well. Yeah, well, obviously, <laughs> as an outsider with no personal interest in the matter. The dogs, they looked like they're in a, a bit of trouble mm. at a couple of stages. The the Hawks got out to, I think it was nearly five goals midway yep. through that second term. Yep. Looked like they were about to break the game open. Luke Bruce had a pretty elementary shot in front of goal, sprayed it to the right, and from there it was all dogs. That was a moment. That and when Luke Hodge gave away that ridiculous 50. Yeah. <laughs> Those were the moments yep. that turned the tide. Uh, Hodge has done that two weeks in a row as well. A ridiculous what 50 a against Selwood. Captain. It, look, in fairness to Hodge, he had a pretty solid game. He was one of. Not many to do so for the Hawks, but yeah. How's that moment? Vont and Pally oh, running back with the fight of the ball. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, that didn't get you excited. Nothing will. The Dogs' second half, though, is probably the best half of football I've seen them play this year, and I've seen them play yeah. a lot of football. Yeah, I agree. I think they kicked about 11 of 12 goals yeah. in that second half. It was an incredible run. That's not something Hawthorne would have done too often in the last five no. years. That that half was a flag-winning half, for sure. 
It was insanely good. Be cool. No, it was. I'm not even... But backs up against the wall well and truly, yeah. like we said. Like it was against the reigning premiers. I don't know what more proof you need of that statement. <laughs> well, probably winning a winning flag. Winning the flag. <laughs> That's pretty good proof. But that half, <laughs> so good. So good. And so many, so many, not necessarily little players, but like a coming of age sort of thing for like Clay Smith. Clay Eakin, Smith. McRae, 39 touches. Yeah. Uh, I was really impressed with, with Clay Smith's game. Yep. He is he just a, a wrecking ball. Yeah. Throws yeah. himself at everything. Yeah, yeah. He kicked a couple of nice goals, set up Stringer with a really nice pass. Yeah. That's something, there's always been a bit of a question mark over Clay Smith's kicking skills. But yeah. He looked good. He looked so built good. for finals football. And another one of those feel-good stories as well, coming off a couple of Three knee re- yeah. Guys, yeah. Yeah. reconstructions. Yeah. So I think I saw an article during the week, he said, you know, when he did that knee against St Kilda... Uh, a couple of years ago, he thought he might not ever play football again. Yeah. Now he's into a prelim final. Yeah, such a good story. It's pretty good. And then, of course, you've got Menzel in the other prelim. So yeah. a couple yeah. of really good Great knee stories, stories there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, someone else built for finals is, is Liam Picken. Yeah. He's transformed his career yeah, yes. in the last two years. Mm. He was a pretty dour tagger. You know, he got into a few battles with the likes of Boomer Harvey, Gary Ablett. Yeah, he was so subpar. Like, he was good, but he was he never, He was just like, there. Yeah, he was never... You never talk about him like he this, ever. sort of, you know, yeah, yeah, 18th or 19th player. Yeah, yeah. You've got yeah. to have him, but no one... You don't really have don't to talk really. about him. Exactly, yeah. yeah. He's a f- good, but... but uh, you know. He leads the Coach Association Finals Player medal at the moment. Yeah, So he has had two yeah. really, yeah. really good games. Yeah. And he was... Deadly in front of goal. Yeah, wasn't he? <laughs> that was that surprised me a lot. He kicked a re- some really nice, important goals as well. Yeah, he's been able to take some clunks up forward as well. Some really good contested marks. It's yeah. been really surprising. A bit like his old man. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen a few comparisons, yeah. just a few speckies, which <laughs> is quite interesting. But gee, the Hawks were disappointed at the same time. Yeah, I don't want to talk about Hawks. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Western Bulldog I, podcast. I now. guess. No, let's just talk about the Bond and, <laughs> and Libba. Oh, oh, one of them needs to marry me ASAP. How good is Marcus Bonton Pally? So good. Incredible. So good. I can't pick a person, another another player in the finals right now that I that is better, honestly. Like maybe Buddy. Maybe Buddy. He copped uh, that heavy tag against the Eagles. He broke it late. Mm. It was maybe, you know, oh, he's a young player. Maybe he's not quite there. Yeah. No, no, no. She, he's <laughs> no. he's there, isn't he? That's, he's a genuine superstar. Yeah, and that's the thing is that he is so young. He's like 21. 21, 20, yeah. 21, 20, 20, yeah. You're turning 21, I think. Yeah, he's like a he's, month younger than I am. It's ridiculous. It's not right. <laughs> it's not right at all, but oh, so, it is so. It is so right. Uh, he's, I love Bond. He... He's almost the prototype of an AFL footballer. Mm. Yeah, the new, the new prototype. Yeah, yeah that cl- clone him. big-bodied midfielder. Like He's about 193 centimetres tall. Yeah. He moves like yeah. Scott Pendlebury. Yeah. Like the Cuda of the, of the modern era. That yeah. sort of size, that speed, the athleticism. You can go up forward, kick goals. Yeah. I mean, someone on the, the Channel 7 coverage, they, I think it was about probably midway through that third term, they said, this is like Cuda. Mm. It was yeah. remarkable. He, he was brilliant through the midfield and... I even saw an interesting stat. I think he had seven hitouts as third man up, and like five wow. of them went to advantage. Wow! It was the most influential ruckman <laughs> on the field as well. What the? Did he do defence as well? Like, Probably. Yeah, just like a bit of full back there, in his spare time. Back, yeah. Got nothing better, do? Jeez, he's so good. He 
he's a genuine game winner off his own back. Yeah, he is. Yeah, and he will he will rally the dogs for sure. Yeah, and he already he's becoming a complete package. Yeah, he he had I think he had about seven clearances as well. So he was doing it in the midfield. He yeah. went forward. He kicked goals. Yeah. He's a, a strong body, doesn't mind a tackle either. Mm. He can take marks. He's the key to the dogs' he is. finals hopes. He, is, yeah. he pulls out another game like that. It's a really it's interesting proposition. Yeah, almost done deal, I'd say. But he was surrounded by some oh, really yeah, impressive fantastic. performers. Like you said, Jack McRae. Yeah. He came back from injury in that West Coast game. He was pretty pretty poor, yeah. looked off the pace. He racked them up with ease. So he did, yeah. <laughs> I looked at the stats. I couldn't believe it. 39 touches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. He was so like, you know when Danger, when he gets his 40s, you, 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 he's there and you realise that he's, you, you know that he's getting those touches. But I feel like with McRae, you weren't... You don't notice You him. don't notice. He's at the yeah. bottom of packs, he's at the back yeah. of packs, just spitting out handballs. Yeah. Yeah. And then you just, you look at the stats and you're like, wow. And then you think back and you're like, yeah, no. He, he was pretty he good, was wasn't great. he? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there was a lot of talk going into the game about the the dogs a very contested ball side the hawks a very uncontested mm. ball side the the dogs really bossed them around yeah. the contest uh they they almost looked like the more mature side around the ball for a lot of that game even though they're so young i think that's that's very interesting because the giants have such an impressive midfield yeah you, you know they're a very very good football side their midfield Absolutely. is yeah. still quite young as well but really good I think the Giants midfield uh, definitely had the better of the dogs earlier in the season. Although I think both sides had some injuries. Uh, the dogs dogs need to bring that intensity mm. again this weekend. That's a non-negotiable. Yeah. They even take a, a little bit of a step off the pace. The the Giants will yeah, blow the Giants them away. Will, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they'll run over them. I, I, I want to know your thoughts. The, the dogs' defence held up. Really quite well against the Hawks. Mm, they did, yeah. The Giants forward line though is a a scary different proposition. proposition. It's very scary. That's mm. uh, about quadruple pronged in height. Yeah. Can the dogs the dogs keep them at bay? The likes of Jeremy Cameron and John Patton and Rory Lobb. Mm, probably not. I think though this is where it's interesting because I don't think it's gonna. I, I feel like this is gonna be a game right where you've got your. It'll be a goal kicking contest. So it'll be not so much who, <clears throat> excuse me, who can like effectively forward and defend. Like I feel like it's going to be... Effectively forward and defend. <laughs> I'm not making any sense. Okay, <laughs> let, me try, let me try this again. Um, it won't be about who can defend the forwards. I think it'll be more which forwards can do more. Okay. If that makes sense. Finally. <laughs> yeah. I, I think you I can I mean? see where you're going. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it'll be more about, like, goal snakes as well, I think. Goal snakes, and, of course, Stevie J <coughs> yeah. won't be there. Yeah. He has uh, a week off. That That's pretty interesting. You you talk about goal snakes, there's no Stevie J. Mm. Does, does, how much does that harm the Giants' chances? A lot. A lot, you yeah. reckon? Especially because he's one of the main... I've been to finals. Yeah, experience and X factor. Yeah. What do you think, Christian? Um, I don't. I don't think it'll be that much of a loss, just because I think they're forward. Like they're 
reserve stock is so deep Absurd. and exceptional. Yeah. Like, I feel like they can fill that sort of role. But yeah, where they will lack is that experience. But I think in terms of like playing ability, I mm. think they weren't not going to be as impacted by it. I think yeah. I saw an AFL.com.au article during the week. It said there was eight players vying to replace Stevie J. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, sure. It's not fair. <laughs> Just one of eight, whatever. I I agree on that. I think Stevie is still a very good player. But he did kick zero goals five yeah. when he got suspended. <laughs> I think you can replace that playing ability a little bit. But the experience is interesting. And that, that brings up someone else that I think is a real real key in this game in Heath Shaw. Yeah. He had the ball on the string the last time these two sides played. He's transformed his career again, looking at becoming potentially another premiership to his resume. Yeah. I know how the dogs will try and try and stop him. They've played Zane Cordy as a bit of a defensive forward lately, but you'd think he's sure it's probably a bit too athletic, a bit too small for Zane Cordy. Do you send send someone like Clay Smith out there just to to ruffle a few feathers amongst he's sure? It's it's a tricky one because um, I feel like there there are those players that can have that offensive impact, but he's sure so good with the with the footy. Like because was the game against the Bulldogs when he had like thirty nine kicks or whatever, yep. something like that. Yeah, that was yep. absurd. <laughs> But, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see how they sort of defend. But then again, you've got players like Zach Williams and Nathan Wilson coming off halfback as well. So if you shut down Shaw, there are those other two. There's a lot of really good ball like, users, yeah. This is yeah. basically unwinnable. I'm sorry, Toby. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the argument, you know. If you dedicate all your, your attention and your time to trying to stop one player, then it's likely going to let other yeah. people get free. Yeah. And it's something Luke Beveridge as a coach hasn't done a lot. He doesn't really tag players. But in this, this final series, um, we've seen he's changed that up. Yeah. He said he sent, sent Zane Gord in. It's an interesting, I suppose, little bit of a change in philosophy for Beveridge. Mm. And I, this is something I know you got pretty rolled up about, yeah. Morgan. I just yeah. want to play a little clip uh, from, from Tim Watson talking about the impact that Beveridge has had on the club. You know, the, other, the other thing is that uh, you know, the, 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 the coaching effort that this is, now we've spoken a bit about Beveridge and we can't call him a greater coaching until you know they have significant results and those results will be premierships and that type of thing. But what we do know about him is that in an emotional sense, he, he, he is in complete control of this club. You only have to look at the way the players go about their football, but also what you hear them say about the environment that he's created. Yeah, so what? Like, I agree with everything you said about Luke Beveridge being completely in control of them, blah, blah, blah. But my my thing, which I'm going to get riled up about again, my thing is with, we can't call him a good coach because he hasn't won a flag. What? Like, this is what, like, I mean, we were talking off air, Toby. Why does the AFL have this fixation of you're only successful if you win Coleman Brownlow? flag like in in those circumstances a lot of great great insanely great superstar people are missing out because they haven't won one flag yeah you know and that's not necessarily their fault either you know so it's just uh. i i i think the i the idea of success within the football industry is a bit a bit <clears throat> yeah. warped yeah particularly for luke beverage because his is all intrinsic so his is very... Big word, that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Gee whiz. <laughs> Look out. <laughs> right, Einstein. Look it up in the dictionary. It's a word. Um, so it's... It is... No, I'm just going to laugh every time I say the word. Um, it is intrinsic, though, because he's... 
you look at the things that he's done for the side, right? And that's like, that's where his success lies, is that he's taken this club that was measly poor at the bottom and then he's turned them into a preliminary final uh, A club that machine. two years ago had its captain walk out on them, Yeah, was forced to sack its coach. Yeah. It was seemingly in disarray. Beveridge has turned it around, taken them to a preliminary final only two years after that. Yep. I I would think that's probably a pretty good measure that, of success. That is Absolutely. a stamp of a good coach. Even if they don't make it to, you know, the yeah. the first Saturday in October, surely that's a pretty good that's pretty good a great effort to have on your resume. Yeah. Especially with all the injuries that the, the dogs yeah, have had ex- this year. Exactly. Like the one that the one that hurts me the most is, is Robert Murphy. Yeah. I I love that man so much. Such a great character and I'd almost feel bad if, if the dogs won just because he wouldn't he get wouldn't the medal. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. They'd probably give it to him anyway, to be fair. Probably. Just have him up there to take the cup anyway. He, he's so nice, though. He'd just be like, no, no. That's okay. I he seems it. like an incredibly genuine Yeah, he is. Yeah. I saw him talk at, uh, with Martin Flanagan last year, and yeah, he, he seemed incredibly <laughs> yeah. nice. Yeah. I think he's, uh, even though he's not playing at the Dogs this year, he's a massive part of that culture and mm. uh, yeah, their well, performance still. He's still around all the time. Yeah. So... Even just a just a, an example that I've had with a run-in with Rob Murphy is he, he's from Warrigal, which is where I'm from, and under-18s made the grand final a few years ago when I was under-16s, and he came down, helped out with the training session, came for dinner, I was talking to the players and all this Aww. sort of stuff. So it just shows the sort of man that he is. Like, yeah. he just he just loves people. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. That's loves so footy. good. Yeah. Loves footy. But I, and that, you know... Beveridge has really turned the culture around at the yeah, Bulldogs, I completely think. completely turned it around. And it, it looks every week there's 22 players who buy in completely. Mm. And we've seen that, especially in these last two finals. No one has been a passenger. Yeah. They're, they're willing to, to almost die for each yeah. other and for their coach. And yeah. I, and I'm sorry, Tim Watson, but that is a good coach. Yeah. I, sometimes I think in an industry like that, sometimes it's more important to be a success off the field than it can be on the yep. field. Uh, you, you even look at a, a side like West Coast. They had a bit of success on the field, made, uh, lost grand final, won a grand final, a lot of individual awards, but there was a lot of a lot of trouble behind the scenes. Yeah. I think or when you're talking about young men, you know, in a football club, it's basically their lives. If you can make a really positive impact off the field, really, it doesn't matter if you win a flag or not. Yeah. It does to me. But. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it's still, but. <laughs> it still matters yeah. completely. But, I'd, yeah. I'm, I'll, I'll probably cry if we lose a prelim. But. Oh, yeah, no. I think the world will weep with you. It's an acceptable response to have. Like, yeah. Expect, yeah. And we don't want the Sydney Derby. No. 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 We don't want the Sydney Derby. Please, no. Sorry to all our New South Wales listeners. Especially after <laughs> the way the Giants dispatched of Sydney. Yeah. In the first week yeah. of finals. Yeah. That was... Um, that that gave me a serious doubt over Sydney. It certainly boosted the Giants' hopes. Yeah, and the Giants deservedly go in this weekend as favourites as yeah. well. And again, that buy, it's so tough to know how teams yeah, are going to come out of it. Exactly. Once again, basically one game of football in a month. Mm. Yeah, it's a it's big ask. Like, yeah, I think just have to wonder again whether it sticks around next year just because of that. Especially if both of the teams that that had the buyers lose. Yeah. You have to, you have you to, do have to wonder. You have to look at it. Yeah. And the dogs are a side that <laughs> really benefited from that buy. Well, yeah, oh, without yeah. the buy, most likely you wouldn't have beaten West Coast because there would have been no Liver, no McRae. Yeah. There was a few no Eastern Wood, yeah. 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 
Yeah. And even someone like Clay Smith, I think, benefited from the buy a lot. Yeah. He looked very tired in the uh, towards yeah. the end of the home and away season. That reinvigorated some sides and probably hurt West Coast as well. They went in with a lot of momentum, as we've talked about before. Yeah. Though, we did say that the buy would help Hawthorne. Yeah. And it did not. It didn't. So, I don't know, I don't know though, because that's Hawthorne, yes. though. No, <laughs> keep the buy, no keep the buy, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, let's keep it, it's fine, it's fine. I mean, if, that, if Hawthorne even make finals next year. That might be an interesting topic for us to talk about, maybe in the the more distant mm. future, Morgan. Yeah. Maybe, maybe next year, have a bit of a talk about that one. Thanks for joining us, Christian. All right, thank you very much for having me. Always well, nice to have a new guest on. I think you're a, a, yeah, a solid one. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> you're solid. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll take that. I'll I don't want to build the ego too much, you know. <laughs> take it and run. It's the best compliment you get from Toby, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> Can't yourself lucky. I don't think I've even gotten that, so. You're doing all right then. Yeah, yeah. look, you could improve. <laughs> This has been uh, episode eight of the eight. What a way to go out. See you next week. Uh, We'll be talking grand final preview. Cousins, Kerr and Judd all in the middle of the ground with 